It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Lamecki Brockington, you don't know the name unless you're a Gophers fan. This is a name you're going to want to know. He's joining me today on the Hangover Ron Johnson segment, so you're going to want to stick around for that. But also, there were 200-plus quarterbacks, if you want to call it, in college football. 133 got ranked. Ethan Kelly Manis, in my opinion, in my opinion, was snubbed just because of a few factors in this whole NIL world we live in, in this transfer portal world we live in. But we'll have to find out more of that coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a loaded show for you today. Lamecki Brockington is going to hang with me on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. Gophers, starting wide receiver, agent zero if you want to call him that. But remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today. And uh, I, I always tell you, lead off with the Denver Nuggets, and then... Now, the Miami Heat have made an entrance. Sam always says, or I don't know if it's Sam or people, the playoffs don't start until the road team wins. Well, Miami found a way to win by three, 111-108. Great game. I was dialed in. Uh, I wanted Miami to win one because I, I do want an AC to just win the whole thing. Just go ahead and win it. And I think Miami got the confidence boost they needed by getting that one win, and now they have to go to South Beach for two games. They can win both in South Beach. The Denver Nuggets are going to be in a place they haven't been in all season, which is in trouble. And for those keeping track of the college softball World Series, Oklahoma, the number one seed, is lo- or sorry, tied two to two with Stanford. And Stanford has two on with two outs. Jordy Ball is on the mound. She has been absolutely ridiculous. But I will say this, if Stanford can't find a way to score with two on right now and they strand them, this is the power that Oklahoma needs. But they're in the bottom of the eighth. Softball only goes to seven innings, people, so that means they're in extra innings. Who knows how long they have to go because this is a college world series. They have to keep playing until somebody wins today. So we don't know if this might be another one of those 13-inning games. We know the Gophers had a long one when they played. But again, up to bat, two on, two outs. If Stanford scores, they beat Oklahoma, which is going to be shocking the world. The smart kids, the kids they didn't think could win it, might have a chance to knock off the number one seed, Oklahoma. Now, they still have to come around and play them again. And I don't know if you could beat Oklahoma twice, but I don't think Oklahoma's ever lost. And here's – this is the chance. And this is – I mean, it's it's 0-2, so Jordy Ball's ahead of the count. If she strikes her out, which I feel like is coming, it's going to be over. And then Oklahoma has a chance to bat. But as I bring Sam Expert to the show, um, go for softballs out in it, Sam. So I'm not going to talk about it too much. But but Sam, this show today is about uh, the Gophers. And you had an interesting article 
uh, that you saw there that they ranked the quarterback. Speaking of Ethan Kelly, man, his Gophers quarterback. Uh, Sam, what's the article, man? What what happened to our quarterback? Where did, where did he end up in this? Yeah, ESPN, ESPN Insider, David Hale, the author of the article, put together 20 tiers, 20 tiers ranking every FBS quarterback. So the first thing you look for, where's Ethan Manis? And you start mm-hmm. scrolling, not tier one, not tier two. Not tier three. You keep going down the list. He is a tier 11 quarterback. Now, the name of the tier is called incomplete grades. So guys that have played a little bit, but we don't really have enough on them to make a judgment on whether they are good or not. So he's lumped in with Michigan State's Noah Kim, California's Sam Jackson, Boston College's Emmett Moorhead, and he is the 11th, or check that, tied for 10th, I guess, tied for 10th among Big Ten quarterbacks on this list. Uh, how do you feel about Tier 11 out of 20 for uh, for Ethan, our guy? So the, the, the tier itself, I don't agree with, but I, I do understand the incomplete because it was Tanner Morgan's team. He did come in on, 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 in case of it or because of injury. Uh, he had some great games. Uh, but he is unpolished. Like he's done some things in games I pointed out. Like I don't, I don't really, I'm not a fan of how he pump fakes. Like I don't like the separate and then old school. Like I don't like that. Like to me, I don't think that's really getting much out of it. I like the Tom Brady, nice clean, the the Peyton Manning, you know, <laughs> little shoulder. That that's what I like about you know a clean, polished QB. And of course, you know, I'm guessing he'll go to one of the Manning camps at some point, or he's probably already been there or been there this year. Uh, you know, he'll get polished. He'll get some of these extras. Uh, but like you know, quarterback coach like George Whitfield, some of these guys, because I know PJ asked PJ about that, and he said uh, he does it because DBs are taught quarterbacks back up with two hands when the ball separates, it's coming out, and that's how a lot of DBs operate. So he's separating to then pump, but his pump is so like dramatic. It's like you have a chance of fumbling the ball. I wish it was like a separate and then pump. Because as a DB, I see this separation. I don't see when you're coming together the pump. And again, put it back in two hands and really get that hard shoulder pump. But again, I get it. I get the technique. Uh, But when I look at these quarterbacks, you got Trayvon Jackson from Indiana. You got Noah Kim, as you pointed out, uh, or uh, uh, Hauser from Michigan State because they're in a battle right now. But Noah Kim, as you said, they they put him right there with – with Ethan or below Ethan, or I think right at with Ethan, right? Right in Noah, the same tier. Yeah. yeah same so one. Noah Kim is allegedly going to be Mel Tucker starter at Michigan State over House. Um, and we know that that Kim uh is going to compete with the guy, you know, and again, another transfer. I mean, it's so many transfers. When you think about uh his former quarterback transferred at Auburn, you know, like it's it's one of those things, and the red shirt uh uh freshman was a four-star recruit and then Caden Hauser. And so you got them at 13. You got Galvin Wimsett out of Rutgers. You got Luke Altheimer. So this is the difference. This one I'm looking at, this article has Luke Alt- Altmeyer behind Ethan Kalik-Manis, but yours has Luke Altmeyer ahead of Ethan Kalik-Manis. That's why I say I don't agree with everybody's like takes in this because everybody's going to have their own opinion. Tommy DeVito, we know. Uh, you know, he tried to get an additional year of eligibility out of Illinois. It didn't work. Uh, bring in the transfer. So I think, again, when I when I said in the open, I feel like transfer got a little bit more credit than a quarterback that's been there and working. And then, of course, 10 is Aiden Calic-Manis. So his ranking on their list and your list are pretty much the same. 
Uh, but then you got Brim, Ben Bryant out of Northwestern. Uh, you got Jeff Sims out of Nebraska. Again, another transfer portal kid from Georgia Tech. Uh, you got Hudson Card out of Purdue. You got uh, Kyle McCorder, Devin Brown out of Ohio State. And, and in my opinion, you're just giving it to Ohio State because you're, you're just basically saying they're the same guy at number six. They just go to Ohio State. Like, you can't tell me Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are both number six in your book. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. One's better than the other, clearly, but it's it's Ohio State, so you're just doing it because it's Ohio State. You got uh, Drew Aller out of Penn State. And then another transfer. You got Kay McNamara. Now, out of Iowa, I will say this. Kay McNamara out of Michigan, when he was in Michigan, it was good. So I understand that one. And then you go down to uh, uh, Tanner McCord, uh, McCordekai. Oh, sorry, Mor- Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Out of Wisconsin, uh, you got T- Talia Tagabayaloa uh, out of Maryland, and 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 not just in name because I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, he's just up there now because he's a he's a he's a Tua, uh, you know, he's Tua's little brother. No, he, the kid is good. He's proved he's good. He can move with his feet. And then the reason why came uh, K McNamara transferred is the number one quarterback out of Michigan, which is JJ McCarthy, uh, which I don't think. Harbaugh has ever had a quote-unquote number one quarterback in Michigan, but that's maybe one of the reasons why they've beaten up Ohio State the last two years. But here's where I go with this. I, I do agree with the rankings, like Tua, you know, but some of these other guys, just because they transferred or they were highly touted when they came in, uh, Kay McNamara, I get it. Like, he was good at Michigan, so I understand that. He led them uh, to a great season in 2021. J.J. McCarthy just came in and outplayed him. Um, but – you know, when I go down this list, some of these, like Ben Bryant, I know he's transferring out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, you got Jeff Sims out of Nebraska. I just don't understand. Like, Luke Altmaier on this one is actually behind him, but in your list, he's ahead of him. I don't see those guys all being head and shoulders, like, ahead of K- or uh, uh, Ethan Calig Manis. Now, I will say this. Incomplete, I get it, because it has been incomplete, so I understand the tier. Um, but I would put all these transfer guys – as incomplete like Luke Altmaier he should be an incomplete too like he's only thrown like yeah. last year I think he threw eight passes at Ole Miss and then 20 passes the year before like nothing puts him ahead of Ethan had a full like almost a full season like he played a lot under when Tanner Morgan was hurt so again I get it though that's just that's just what uh they like to do and here like I said Oklahoma one out girl on second hit up the middle out at first, but she moved the runner to third. So runner in scoring position at third, two outs, and Oklahoma has a batter coming up. So this is what Oklahoma does. Hit. Maybe they find a, a way. Hit. You get a base hit, she scores. If you hit a ground ball, it goes back to Stanford. So this is the – and the coach called a timeout. See, Sam, I'm talking it through. The coach called a timeout. So for those that are going to hear this episode, of course, the game's already done, but the coach called a timeout. So just as I'm explaining this, the coach felt what I felt. Hey, we got to call the timeout. They do have one of their best closers on the mound, a freshman. This girl throws 73 to 74 miles per hour, Sam, from 43 feet away. That is the equivalent to a 110-mile-an-hour fastball. Like, that is nuts. Like, when they did, I, I saw sports science do this. They did like a USA softball pitcher and then a, a pro pitcher uh, for baseball and then kind of show like her speed at 70 plus and his speed because I think they're at mound is 60 for baseball, right? Right. And then women's college softball and pro softball is 43. And so they were just showing like a 73 mile an hour ball traveling 43 feet to get to the batter versus 60 mile an hour or 60 uh, distance in 100 miles an hour or 98. 
they were saying that the 43 distance had more revolutions and, and it was a harder spin and faster ball than the guy throwing from 60 throwing 90 plus. Um, and so that at 73, 74, that's ridiculous. But back to this college, to the college quarterback conversation before we jump into Lamecki. Lamecki, of course, Ethan Kalik manages his quarterback. So his mm-hmm. season is going to be predicated on how well Ethan does. But I'll say this, Sam, and I'll let you kind of give your thoughts. I truly believe a lot of these transfers got the benefit of the doubt over Nathan Kellegg Manis, who had been there. But I do understand the incomplete because it is truly he's never started a full season, came in as the guy and had an offense built around him. So I, I, I personally, if I were to say where I think he will end up, I think he will end up for sure top five quarterback in the Big Ten next year, this coming season. I think he's mm. easily a top five quarterback in the Big Ten. With what PJ wants to do, you have Mo Ibram gone. Uh, you got two transfers that are big time receivers that came in. So we know PJ wanted to throw the ball before. He definitely wants to throw the ball now, and Athens the guy that can do it. But I see him finishing in the top five. I don't know, Sam, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, how many returning quarterbacks are there in the Big Ten? Even I mean, there's not many. Most no. of them are either first year starters, JJ McCarthy program. Or their transfers, yeah, right. So McCarthy, Tuvaloa, yep, Tuvaloa, um, yeah, Tua Jr., yeah, to his brother, yeah. um, and Cali, you know, Cali Manis does have the advantage, like you mentioned, of being in the system. Uh, he threw 111 passes last year. Altmaier has thrown 54 in his career, and only 17 last year. Right. So they're giving a lot of preference to the name of the program. Like they basically admit in the article that just because. Because this guy plays for Penn State, he's going to be high on the list. Because this guy right. plays for Ohio State, he's going to be high on the list. And maybe they're right. Like, those programs do produce good quarterbacks. I get it. Um, but the guys that are in Tier 6 and 7 who haven't really done much at all, like Altmaier, uh, Hudson Card hasn't done much either. You know, he came from Texas. Um, yeah, I don't think they're head and shoulders above what Athens, uh, what Athens can be. Uh, and we'll find out. It'll be a, it, the conference is going to be totally different looking this year because of all the player movement, the quarterback movement, coaching movement, uh, this new era of college football. It's really hard to predict year to year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. And and again, even Taven Jackson out of Indiana, he's transferred from Tennessee after one season. So it is what it is, man. It, it's It's one of those things where the writers like to write. And then in the end, they have to play football. And after they play football, We'll see where the where the chips fall. And I think they're gonna fall in Ethan Kalik Manis's way. And before we jump over to Mecky Brockington, uh Tierra Jennings, who is one of the best, if not the best hitter in college softball, is up to bat. Girl on first, girl on third, two outs, two strikes, no balls. This is what softball, baseball, all sports is like Michael Jordan having a chance to shoot the ball at the end of a game. Tierra Jennings at the plate. Oklahoma couldn't have written a better script for her, and she hits. A line drive to the fence, Sam, and she's going to bring in one. And she makes to second. She brings in two. Two runs by Tierra Jennings. Tierra Jennings hits a double. Sam, Oklahoma is now up four to two in the top of the ninth. Stanford still has a chance because they get the bat. But Tierra Jennings did what LeBron does, what Michael Jordan does, and what Stephen Curry does. She hit the big shot at the end, or, or Judge what uh, Aaron Judge would do. She hits the big shot at the end. She didn't do what the Twins would do, which probably end up getting hurt or something, you know, sliding second after the hit. But she is definitely the best hitter in college softball right now as far as seeing the ball, Sam, and she put it into right center to the fence. That's what you do in the hole. Hey, it is what it is. But we got to move into Lamecki Brockington. I'm Ron Johnson and Sam Ekstrom. We'll be back with Lamecki Brockington and Hang Around Johnson segment after a word from our sponsors. <laughs> 
Loving the Ron Johnson play-by-play. That's good stuff. Uh, You can also check out those lines at FanDuel along with the NBA Finals. Make a fast break to the FanDuel Sportsbook app for these finals. Game three coming up, going back to Miami, series tied at one. If you want to get started, you want to be a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet, up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. Yes, $2,500, You get that money back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Great promotions at FanDuel. Sometimes they have odds boosters, a bet five, get 150. Um, all sorts of promotions constantly generating on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is very easy to use, and you get paid instantly when you win. No better place to bet the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. You can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on for more information and to get started. FanDuel.com slash locked on for that no sweat first bet if you're a new user. Up to $2,500 back, you guys. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, now I'm going to hang in with Ron Johnson's segment. I, I love these. I mean, I've had Chris Altman Bell on here. Uh, you know, I, I've done Tyler Johnson, uh, Antoine Winfield on different facets where I got to sit down and interview these guys. Um, I, of course, Chris Altman Bell was the player of the game when they played Indiana, and I was the uh, sideline reporter for iHeartMedia. And now I get a chance to, to, to introduce you guys to the up-and-coming new receiver that's kind of kind of like I told this kid this last year and I don't I don't lie about this stuff man like I'm not gonna ever blow smoke up anybody's butt uh but I'm bringing Lamecki Brockington on uh Gophers wide receivers a sophomore on the field junior in school um and and he can attest to this man like I think it was after I don't know if it was Wisconsin game or what game but I text him and said hey man like you you keep it up you you got you got it you got the stuff uh, and this was last year I said that to him. And then fast forward to the spring game, Big Ten Network is talking about he had a great spring and he's, you know, one of the one of the highlights of the of the of the spring game and so on and so forth. So I just want to let people know I saw it before everybody else did. I told him uh, you keep working and he can go in that locker room and ask any other receiver. I don't I don't just send those messages out to people. Uh, I mean, Chris Altman Bell. I've talked to him before about that. Rashad Bateman. And Tyler Johnson. That's really it. And it's not that those other guys aren't good. Um, I just don't want to blow smoke and tell every single player, like, oh man, you got this, man. Because it's not genuine. And so when I uh when I saw this young man play, man, I I noticed it right away that he has that quick twitch, he has that it. And uh for those that that don't know, I don't say it much on this show, but uh I was the all-time leading receiver at the University of Minnesota. Uh, had some of the biggest games in, in Minnesota history, beating Penn State, beating Ohio State, uh, you know, amassed close to, what, 3,000 yards, uh, 31 touchdowns, so on and so forth. So when I talk receiver in college football, I know it. Uh, but this is a kid here, man, that he's beyond just a receiver. I could see him in some jet sweeps, uh, doing some other things in his offense. But I want to thank Lamecki for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show, man. Let's talk about the spring game. You had a great spring. Um, and in a world of kind of like, uh, I, I can get my chance somewhere else. You, you stuck it out in Minnesota, and I'm glad you did because it's paying off now. Uh, what was the reason why you stuck it out in Minnesota where some kids, you know, decide to transfer if, they're, if, they, if they don't feel like they're playing as a freshman? Uh, it really started off I had this big bond with the team. Um, I've, ever since I came in the program, I've gained these trust of brothers I um, met along the way, and those became one of my closest family members out, it would include my family. So just want to stick around with them guys, stick it out for the culture, stick it out with Coach Fleck as well. Yeah, when you talk about Coach Fleck, you know, the roll the boat, all that stuff, the culture, um, what is it about the roll the boat culture that that has stuck with you the most? 
it's about changing our best. So, you know, every day, because every day you're going to go through adversity at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went those through some adversity before and just changing our best to help you get through it. And again, they bring in guys transferred in. You know, we know that some new receivers have transferred in. But this is what I liked about you. It wasn't about those guys. It was about I'm going to keep working hard and still show what I can do. And you showed it. Um, how, how did that feel to really everything you worked up to in the summer, everything you worked up to in the winter and in the spring? Boom. Here it is. And, and you put it on. You put it on display for everybody on the Big Ten Network. That's it feel good. Maybe let everybody know I'm here and come to play. It made a statement for me. Let everybody know, like, I'm, I'm, I can be that guy. And when you think about Chris Altman Bay, I mean, he's in year seven. <laughs> uh, I feel like he's been here forever. Uh, when you think about Chris Altman Bell and, and what he brings to your receiver room as a, as a veteran captain, I mean, you've been around him for the last three years. Uh, how has that been with Chris Altman Bell as kind of a voice now being a leader? It's been very well helpful for me as well as I've been trying to step in more in the leader role. So with him having all the experience, I always go to him by being a leader and like, what can I do to help the group go better and just being able to speak up instead of having him to speak up all the time. Yeah, and 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 thinking about like the number, what, what where where the number you picked your number? Where does that come from? Or did they give it to you? They gave it to me basically because <laughs> uh, they tied me in with Sean Bateman for we both from the south and our city is basically thirty minutes apart and we were on both rival schools and back in my city. So yeah. <laughs> So you didn't. Oh, okay. So if you, but if you had to pick, would you have picked it, or did you have another number kind of that you were you had your eye on when you got there? Because for me, um, I wanted number three because of Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, they ended up giving me eighty nine as a freshman, and then my sophomore year I got three. Uh, but was there a number you had your eye on before you were given your number? Uh, I had number two. I had wanted, but Tanner Morgan had it. <laughs> 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 You, you look over, I'm like, come on, man. You're like, you don't yeah, really want that no more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> talking about Tanner Morgan, you know, one of the all-time lead quarterbacks in Gopher football history, uh, one of the greatest captains in Gopher football history. Uh, I, I started getting him and P.J. Fleck confused at, at times because he started to look <laughs> at P.J. <laughs> but with, with Tanner Morgan, man, like how, like, you know, married, like he's like a little adult. Like how was that having a married quarterback in college in your locker room? Uh, it actually helped you step into a game in a mature way. Actually, like him uh, taking role, like taking taking the boat and leading the boat. Uh, everyone following his lead. Him being that voice at the voice on and on off the field. It's just been a great part of um, mature my mature level. And you know, you mentioned that you you're from Georgia, Rashad Bateman. Uh, did that help in the recruiting? Seeing how Rashad flourished here in Minnesota. Uh, did that help you, you know, saying, you know what, like I saw Rashad do it. Of course, he started off in one number, ended up being agent zero when they offered it. You now move on to number zero. But coming from that area um, in Georgia, was that was that a, a, a little bit of a help as well? Because I know there's a little Georgia pipeline going right now. Yeah, me, I also talked with Bateman during my recruitment process as well. So, yeah, he also helped a lot. And And – Thinking about your receivers, again, you guys got a lot of guys that are going to be competing for these positions. Uh, Matt Simon, being your receivers coach, has played you know played the position, but you got Corey Crooms, you got yourself, you got Chris Hoffman-Bell, you got Daniel Jackson, Elijah Spencer now. Uh, you got Christian Hoskins, who's young, so he's probably uh, – or sorry, not young, but he, uh, Christian Hoskins, who's been there. Uh, you know, you got Kenrick. Uh, you got a lot of guys in that room, but the, the first couple, you know, that I kind of, you know, threw out there – 
are the ones that I, you know, see the most. Yourself, Corey Crooms, Chris Alman Bell, Daniel Jackson, Elijah Spencer. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at your group of five, uh, what are you guys? Because I know PJ is big on competing together, mm-hmm. but what do you guys do to push yourselves? Because again, when people see the number zero, I don't think they realize you're six feet. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been told this, but you come across as a smaller receiver. You know what I mean? Like, you don't – you I don't feel like you're six feet, but you are six feet. Uh, you're 200 pounds, so you are one of the bigger solid receivers. What do you do differently than – because, you know, Elijah's 6'2", uh, but, you know, then Daniel Jackson's six feet, Chris Alvin Bell's six one, and then Corey Crooms is, is six feet. But you're you at 200 pounds are probably one of the bigger, stronger of the group. Uh, what, what are you doing to set yourself apart from the group? Um, basically um... – I've been working on stepping in more of a leader role as well. So based okay. on my past experience and you got the transfers coming in, been trying to be more of a leader in the room, be more vocal. I also try to bring in more of um, I bring more physicality to the game. So that's why I want to put like, – like, I want to set the tone as a receiver. The receivers can be physical as well too, like even in the blocking game or in the pass-catching game. Right. And, and I mean, I think that's the key too. pass catching. A lot of people don't understand that. Uh, a lot of people don't understand the reasoning behind it. But, uh, you know, you had 11 catches, 203 yards and a touchdown. And when you think about your touchdown, how good did that feel to get to get in the end zone? Felt, I think it felt like it felt like a dream. <laughs> felt unreal. It felt like a dream. And then when my boys came up to me, I, I knew everything was real and everything just happened right there in the moment. Yeah, and 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 again, it, it came in a big moment because I because I th- I'm pretty sure that was the game I texted you against after Wisconsin. Yeah, and so you know, I know for me, winning the axe my senior year, you know, that's the big part of it. Winning the axe is the key. Uh, but you had a chance to not only win the axe but be a big part of that game with that touchdown. Um, again, scoring against Wisconsin, getting your touchdown, your first touchdown of the season, like you know, was that basically? a story written that you were waiting for oh yes i was just waiting for my moment and my moment came i took um, advantage of the opportunity i just ran with it and and what people don't understand again 2022 is considered your freshman year so you're entering your second year so that's a really good freshman season for people to understand that because uh you, you talk about red shirting um, before that, which was a great decision. I mm-hmm. not even though I, I started as a freshman, I always look back on that. I was like, man, I kind of wish I would have redshirted a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I was 6'3, 210 pounds coming to high school. So just people just assume like you, you know, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always considered like, man, I wonder if I had sat out a year because my sophomore year was was the 44 catches year. So I'm like, mm-hmm. that could have been that could have been my freshman uh, year with yeah, 44 yeah. and seven touchdowns. I'm like, oh man. Like I should have, but you know, like I, I, I think God does things for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, building off that 13 game, you played in all 13 games. Uh, you know, bigger, stronger receiver, doing some things with slant routes, doing some things with, with in the blocking game. Um, what kind of mentality? Because you said that, you know, I want to, I want to be in all facets of the game. What kind of mentality are you going to use heading into 2023, knowing you're one of the bigger, stronger guys in the room? Yeah, I'm just gonna play my game the way I want to play it. And that's physical, physical and fast. Anybody's going to have to try to stop it. I'm just going to use my use my key to it. Yeah, and this Lamecky Brockington, Gophers receiver, joining me on the Ron Johnson. So I'm Ron Johnson. Uh, you know, we got a couple more before we get out of here. Uh, but here's here's some good ones for you, because you play basketball, right? I'm pretty yep. sure as a receiver. Yeah, because most receivers do. Most yep. receivers play basketball. Most DBs are trash. They can't hoop at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just is what it is. Running backs can't hoop. DBs usually can't hoop. 
it's usually the receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, or uh, offensive linemen, offensive tackles yeah, uh, yeah. are going to – defensive ends are going to be your hoopers, your centers, your guards, trash on the court. Every once in a while you <laughs> might get a good one. Uh, but P.J. Fleck, he, he considers himself a big-time hooper. Like he hooped in high school. Uh, and I know I, I talked to Rashad Bateman about this. And then I also talked to uh, Tyler Johnson. And Tyler Johnson would always say, P.J. is never going to really want to play me one-on-one. Uh, <laughs> Rashad Bateman said the same thing, but have you gotten a chance to play PJ yet? Oh, not yet. Okay. Because I know yet. he does the horse and the pig thing, and <laughs> uh, that's his whole deal. But how how do you think you fare hoop-wise against PJ? So, I know I'm going to do my thing regardless. See, in high school, I won defensive player of the year every year, so everything, okay. getting, everything is in seatbelt. So, everything's strapped. <laughs> You heard that here first, PJ. You versus Lamecki Brogdon one on one. You scored nothing. He's got you. He's got you locked up. You scored nothing. Uh, I can't remember, and, and Sam probably can answer this. I couldn't remember who we just interviewed from the Gophers as well that was talking hooping, and he said the same thing that you know he was looking forward to playing PJ because PJ only wants to play one or a uh, pig and horse. Like he doesn't want to actually play one on one. I have to think back. Uh, maybe Sam can 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 shoot me a message and let me know who that was. But yeah, we had him on, and he said, "Yeah, PJ doesn't want to play me. Like, PJ, <laughs> PJ doesn't want to play me." Um, but we use, <laughs> and, and I love that because I, I I know like as a as a player when you get a chance to play against your coach, like you want to make sure they know you know mm -hmm. how good you are. Uh, but looking forward to this season, you know this upcoming season now the Big Ten. Uh, you know, you guys are going to get next year, your 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 junior year, you guys are going to get USC and UCLA. Uh, but when you're looking at the Big Ten right now, what are some teams in your mind, other than Iowa, because Iowa, Wisconsin, that's kind of easy, um, unless that's really just on your radar. But other than Iowa, Wisconsin, like looking at your schedule this year, what are some games that, you know, you're looking forward to playing? Um, North Carolina game mainly. Okay. All right. Only reason that I want to say it's because it's the game itself, it's just because it's a closer game, and that's when my I get a chance to see my family come to my game for the first time. Oh yeah, so how many how many people are coming down for that for your family? A lot of people may ask me, so I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta you gotta work on that tickets from because that's <laughs> yeah. the good thing though. That's the good thing because North Carolina, you don't have a lot of teammates probably that are gonna have a ton of people. September sixteenth, that's a Saturday. The Gophers are finally playing North Carolina. We know that was postponed, and now they finally got the North Carolina game scheduled. So uh, and and again, this is so. This is the thing when when North Carolina was originally scheduled, mm -hmm. it wasn't a big deal. But now on the other side, and this is why I'm excited for you and all the guys, every NFL scout is going to be watching North Carolina this year because of Drake May at quarterback. So that's that's something to remember, too. Like, And, and when I say that, I don't mean go outside of your skin. I mean you're supposed to block, block. You're supposed to be doing this, do it. Like, because they're going to be watching, you know, if a, if, if a bad play happens, what do you, how do you bounce back next? Because Drake May is theoretically one of the top quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL draft for next year. So every single game is going to be like on there. And I know Terrell Smith, uh, he was on. Oh, that's what it was with Terrell Smith. Terrell Smith was on because he claims as a DB, he can hoop. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. He says he can hoop, so I, I, I believe him. I'll, I'll let him have that. But Terrell Smith talked about that because when you think about playing a guy like Drake May, um, you know, you don't want to end up on his highlight tapes. You're lucky. You're a receiver, so you don't have to worry about that. But when he goes to the NFL draft, that's what you don't want. You don't want his whole draft clips when he gets drafted to be go for football because he just lit, lit it up. And so I think 
that's always a keeper. Terrell Smith talked about that, about like some of the receivers of like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't end up on anybody's highlight tape. So when you, when you think about that too, when you talk about Terrell Smith, you got to go against an NFL caliber cornerback because he's, he's drafted, he's NFL caliber. How did you fare and how was that competing with Terrell Smith every, every week in, in practice? Uh, coming in as a freshman, I had a lot of learning, so they put me against T-Time almost every time. Okay. T-Time was one of those bigger corners that I ain't never, I'm not used to. So he working against him every day, him and Wally and all the other DBs over the years, they've been – they got me right, I feel like. Yeah, and Justin Wally, man, like we know he is an absolute – like he he's gifted. Uh, he, he moves well. You know, he plays fast. Um, how – again, saying that now, like – Going against Justin Wiley, like what? How are how are you making sure? Like I want to make sure I win or I get better every chance I get to go against Justin Wiley. Um, actually, we both see we both been roommates since we was a freshman. So okay, we get a chance to go against each other at practice or something like that. We always watch it on film. Yeah, when we get to the house or something, and we always try to talk about like what they did, uh, the guard is on this certain move I ran or uh, what release I ran on him because what I see what he did made me run this certain release or something like that. <laughs> so being like I said, I never was a roommate with a defensive guy, so I never had to worry about this. But being <laughs> that that's your roommate, if you like, if you just absolutely kill him on like a double move he falls on the ground you catch a touchdown like are you talking to him when you get back to the room or are you gonna let him slide oh no i'm talking to him (laughs) i'm talking to him because i'm like that's gotta be awkward when you're going to grab some cereal you know it's like yeah like let me let me get this i beat you today you don't get the cereal i got the cereal first like back up Uh, because i've never i've never i've never had that i've never been roommates with a defensive guy like in the nfl college both times it's always been an offensive guy so i never uh had that also because i'm petty too so i think i couldn't have done it like i got in so many fights in practice just one-on-ones blocking drills i don't think it would have went well like i don't think i could have survived uh because my roommate with the ravens was javen hunter a receiver out of notre dame Uh, in college it was jermaine mays receiver Mm -hmm. out of florida out of miami florida so I just I don't think I could ever do a, have a DB. So you're 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 a different breed. I'd say you're not as petty as me. Uh, the fact that you could room with a guy you got to see every day at seven on sevens, every day in blocking drills. Um, but even that, like, has he helped you out even understanding coverage and stuff like that? Like, hey, like you know, when we're rolling the cover two, this is what you're gonna see. Or if we're in two and we're gonna switch to four, this is you're gonna see. Have you do you guys help each other out in that aspect as well? Yeah, he like we also talk about like some concepts like. Like, that we might kill him on our practice, and we'll talk about like over the film and saying like, yeah, like if y'all do this, like ain't no way we can stop it. If we in this certain coverage, and so I'm like, I start picking on like this type of coverage. Is like I look at like practice and start like understanding like what's going on. Yeah, and before we get out of here, uh, I always like to I, I love to actually guess this one, man. Like you're a college player, so I know you watch NFL football. Who are some NFL receivers that you love to watch and kind of you know mirror your game after? One person I've been watching over the past like NFL season, CD Lamb. Oh, okay. I've been watching. So, like, is, is Justin Jefferson on your radar, or is like CD Lamb? Yeah, he is. He is. He is. But like CD Lamb, I, I like CD Lamb. He's like he's a he's a physical dude. That's his like that's my style. He is, and I will say that the coach DBs because Reggie Wayne, I coach Reggie Wayne with the coach, and so when I got a chance to talk to some of the coach, uh, one of the coach players, uh, that's the one thing he did say. He say, man, Justin Jefferson ain't physical, man. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't pushing us around. He ain't doing all that, yeah. like. 
So I, I definitely understand that. C.D. Lamb, he is a, he'll shove you off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll get up on you on a, on a slant, try to throw you by. Uh, whereas Justin Jefferson, he he's he's the footwork guy. Like he's gonna yes. fancy feet and he's gonna move you with his body and he's gonna stick that foot in the ground. He's gone. So mm-hmm. yeah, C.D. Lamb's a good one, man, because he he has the size, the body, and the hands that can mm-hmm. he can contort his body and make those catches. Uh, so I'm I'm excited though for you, man. I'm looking forward to to watching you this season. Uh, on Vikings or sorry, Gophers game day, I'm for sure uh, gonna be making sure I break you down every week. Cause I told you, man, after that Wisconsin game, I'm like, man, you're there. Like you, you got the body, you got the tools. Uh, so super excited. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Lamecky Brockington. I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Coming up next, we got the daily three with myself and Sam, and we'll do that after a word from our sponsors. Always enjoy talking to former Gophers, Lamecky Brockington. People know the name. Get to know the name. This kid, if he's healthy the entire season, this kid's going to have a, a pretty good season, in my opinion. I watched him. Like I said, I watched him against Wisconsin and uh, got his first touchdown. So I think this is a kid that can build on that. He has the size, sneaky size. He doesn't look like he's that big, but he's 200 pounds. And so uh, he, he doesn't act like that, but he will play that way on the field. But remember, the Twins, as I mentioned, Oklahoma doing very untwins-like things. The Twins are headed to Tampa Bay to take on the league's best team starting tonight at 5.40 p.m. You can uh, catch every pitch with the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Well, we got the Daily 3 coming up. That's three questions. We're going to take about a minute each today. Uh, take it away, Sam. 111-108. That was the score of Game 2 of the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat. They do it again. They win a game that many thought they had no business winning. They take down the Nuggets for the first time this postseason, any time has done that in Denver. So they go to Miami with the series tied at one. I missed the game, Ron, so I need you to tell me what I missed. What was your reaction? Well, I mean, honestly, it felt early on like the, the Nuggets were going to run away with it. Let's be real. Like, it, it would start off the Heat had a little lead. Then the Nuggets just blew it out, and everybody just felt like, you know what? Because I started seeing tweets even like, oh, the Nuggets are about to go up 2-0. Then I, and then what does Jimmy, Jimmy Butler do? He does what Jimmy Butler does. He, he claws back. He just makes play after play. Bama out of Bayou had an and one dunk, you know, on uh, I think it was on uh, Michael Porter Jr. I forgot who it was on, but just had an or Mike, Michael Carter Williams. I, I forgot who's on that team, but just had an absolute monster dunk, got a hit on the arm, finished the play. Um, and then the role players for the Heat, man, they just keep playing and playing and playing. And that's what happened. The Heat found a way to claw back. Uh, they had a lead. And then the Nuggets came back, bought it to within three. Nuggets had a chance to uh, – the, the Heat could have fouled. Uh, the Nuggets could have called timeout. Neither did it. They just said, let's play this out. And the, the Heat came out on best because the Nuggets had to shoot a three. They missed. He get the uh, they get the rebound, and that was one-to-one. So uh, great series so far. Tie one-to-one. I think that the momentum after that win in Denver uh, where nobody – when they were down, I think they were down like 15. Nobody thought they could come back. And now they go home to relax in South Beach for two straight games. Denver being in South Beach, hopefully they're disciplined and they don't end up on in trouble in South Beach, staying out late because they got to be there for a while. It's not like a quick in and out. You're there for two games. So there's some free time where you can get in trouble. Where the Heat, they live there. They're used to They're like, this, this is going to be here. After we win the championship, we can come back home and have some fun. So it was, it was a good one, though, Sam. I don't know if you remember, but in the roundtable, I suggested that Kevin Love needed to be in the starting lineup. And what they do, they put Caleb in the starting lineup. And uh, look what happened. So yeah. Kevin Love saving the Miami Heat. And they did bring that up, that he is a former champion. So he knows how to get the team going and make the right plays. So I think, yeah, having that former champion voice out there on the floor, it helps. Let's talk joint practices. Uh, Vikings announced last week. 
They will be having two sets mm-hmm. of joint practices in August with the Cardinals and with the Titans. How do you like uh, doubling up on joint practices this year for the Vikings? First time I think they've ever done it. Yeah, I like it because if you think about the work they got out of San Francisco and then the years before the work they got out of Denver, um, the whole purpose is that you get the starters to have a full week in work and you get to really evaluate who's going to be on this roster. Uh, and then when the game rolls around, you don't really need to get much out of them, which sacrif- or saves them from getting hurt maybe on the on a tackle, uh, on a pileup, little stupid injuries. Uh, now, you can't, you can't get away from injuries anyway in practice, but I think it gives you more opportunities to see ones versus ones, twos versus twos in a controlled setting. Uh, emotions maybe aren't as high. Now, it is practice. It is fight or fights are eligible because nobody's going to get fined or kicked out. Um, so you have to like temper that and make sure you're getting the right organization in the building. Um, and so, but I do like it. I, I think it gives the, 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 the guys a chance to really see who they want on this roster uh, and, and really get it, especially the offensive line and defensive line. I think that's a lot of the questions this year as far as guard uh, for the Vikings and then defensive line other than Daniil Hunter. You know, I mean, I know you brought some guys in, but where are you at there? I think there's a great opportunity to, especially these rookies they drafted, uh, to get them in there and see. And then Jordan Addison one-on-ones uh, with two teams like this, like I think that's going to be the key too, like being able to get some work uh, against one defensive backs in practice, one-on-one, seven-on-seven in team, uh, making sure, hey, like this is our draft pick. I'm glad we did what we did. So you get two full weeks to see this played out. Yeah, not exactly star-studded like the 49ers were. It feels Correct. like a couple teams on the decline. I don't know if – I'm guessing Kyler Murray is not going to be participating with his injury either. So right. not a, not as many players for the fans to see, but still, I think it beats just a normal uh, run-of-the-mill practice for sure. So that'll be yeah, fun. True. Yeah, last one, Vikings-related. Uh, Dalvin Cook, rumored obviously to be either cut or traded, and the Miami Dolphins have been named a top contender to land. Dalvin Cook. Do you think that would be a good fit for Dalvin Cook uh, on South Beach? Uh, I mean, I, I think Dalvin Cook, anywhere you go. Now, there, there's one thing about the Dolphins, though. When you think about their offense, it is kind of a, a read pass heavy offense. Now, one, yes, it's a good landing spot because he's not going to have to be like a true workhorse where it's like we're going to, we want to run the ball 30 times a game. Like, like Dallas. I liked it from a like standpoint of maybe the Vikings get the full salary taken off their, their deal. But for Dalvin, Dallas wants a running back that they can run into the ground. I mean, look how they did Zeke Elliott. Look how he ended up. Uh, when you look at the running backs on the, the Dolphins roster, too, you know, Raheem Mostert is really the only name, you know, when you, when you look at that. So I think that's another part of this. Like, if Raheem Mostert is your only guy going in, who else, you know, you got a bunch of other guys, I say no names, but you got a bunch of other guys fighting for that second and third spot. So I could see the Dolphins saying, look, we want a two-headed monster running back. Uh, we know we have great talent outside the receiver. We just got in all these free agents for defense. So we're built to maybe make a run and go and, and be a strong contender for the playoffs. So I, I could see that be a good landing spot because, again, it's a, it's a spread-out offense that, you know, if you throw Dalvin Cook a screen against that speed with Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle clearing out, there's nobody left besides linebackers. Like you have to respect that speed of that team. And uh, yeah, I, I could see that, that being a good fit for Dalvin. Yeah. Mostert good, but injury prone. And you've got the uh, quarterback on the rookie deal. This is the time to make those luxury signings. If you're Miami, right. go, go get all the offensive pieces you can 
to put around your chief quarterback. So I think it would make sense. And Dalvin's a Florida guy. I mean, that's right. his home too. So it makes sense for him. And if you're Mike uh, Daniel, Mike McDaniels, what's the best way to keep Tua from having too many opportunities for people to pin their ears back? A run game. Like he can just hand that off. And Dalvin, we know, can get you 1,500 yards. Like that's not a problem. Uh, can Dalvin sustain that? Well, you have Raheem Mostert. And what would that look like? The 49ers. So I, I think Mike McDaniel is thinking the same thing. Like they don't have the same tight ends, but they have the receivers and the running backs now with a quarterback who just has to facilitate. And we know Mike McDaniels wants to make him as smart as possible. So a little 49er S there. I mean, he did bolster the defense as well and get some free agents in there. So that's a little bit of a 49ers look to it with that team. If they were able to land a guy like Dalvin cook. So I see it fitting for both sides, but you know, it, it, it could go either way, and we'll see how this offense plays out. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Rich. We want to thank you guys for continuing to like, share, download, comment. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Our Heart Media. Wherever you get your iTunes, just make Locked On Sports one of the ones you download and put in your little follow button group or your, 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 your followed podcast or your likable podcast. YouTube. If you want to get the video, see our pretty faces. We have apps on uh, Amazon Fire and Roku. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire Roku. You can go right there to your TV. And, of course, as we grow in this, SiriusXM, extremely excited about where that partnership is going to go, especially during football season with all of our shows and everything that you might be able to pick up on the SiriusXM app. But you can go on the SiriusXM app as well and get the Ron Johnson Show. If you're on the SXM app, just search Locked On Sports Minnesota, and then you can take the show with you on the road, in the car, in the gym, wherever you're at. So that's another place to get our podcast, Sirius XM. But again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra Moon. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.